Welcome back to Twigs on the Rocks. I'm Leo Blotner, this is Lovich, and in this episode, we will be recapping the NHL from March 7th to the 14th by going over the news, stats, standings, our biggest winner and loser of the week, team of the week, question of the week, and more. A want to get us started with the news. Yeah, let's get right into it. So Tuka Rask has been out this past week with an injury, but and he will likely be out for another week or so, but Halak has been playing amazing in his absence. He's been on fire, but... Also, Jack Eichel has been out for this and will be out for the foreseeable future with an upper body injury. So that's going to be a tough loss and already struggling Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, uh, Rask being out, big loss for the Bruins. But luckily, Halak stepped up in his absence. Jack Eichel out for the Sabres. Uh, just adding some some insult to injury in Buffalo because they, they're just horrible. It's not like they're winning with him anyways. So now they're really not going to win without him. Oh, well, sucks for them. Other injury news, Carter Rowney is out four to six months with a meniscus tear. And Darcy Kemper has significant time, could be around four weeks with another injury. Um, yeah, I'm just, that sucks for Carter Rowney, you know, being out four to six months. But hopefully he get, has a speedy recovery. And Darcy Kemper, that is a big loss for the Arizona Coyotes. He is, in my opinion, one of their best players. And, yeah, that really sucks for them. Yeah, I really agree with you on, on how Darcy Kemper is the best player in Arizona. So like, and with Arizona struggling to keep into playoff conten- contention, and they're like just fighting for that spot. Like, I think that's going to be very tough, especially losing such a big piece if they can really do it later. But and then also with Carter Rowney, he's a big part of the Ducks' depth, and they really need him to keep going, or else they'll basically be out of the playoff contention whatsoever. But in other news, Jake Gardner was placed on waivers by the Carolina Hurricanes and the Tim Bay Lightning signs Daniel Walcott to a two-year deal. Now, Jake Gardner, uh, I don't think anyone's going to pick him up just because of his cap hit. If he was making like one mil a year, like I'm sure a lot of teams would be very interested, but he's making like four points something, I think. So I really don't think anyone's going to pick him up. But like he's just not worth it. Like he's still a solid player. He's just not worth that cap hit. I really don't think anyone's going to pick him up. And Daniel Walcott, good for him. You know, another little uh, two-way, two-year depth signing. He's probably going to play in the AHL for a while. So, yeah. And some other trade news. We got the Leafs trade Mika Lettinen to Columbus for Bainey Vevelinen. Um, another couple depth pieces just getting traded for each other. The Leafs do this very often, trading uh, depth piece with a really hard name to pronounce for another depth piece with another really hard name to pronounce. So good for them. <laughs> they're making they're making moves here. And in some signing news, we got Jordan Bennington signing a six-year, six-mil-per-year deal with the St. Louis Blues. So we will really be getting into that later, but Abe, you have some initial thoughts about that. Yeah, um, we will get into more depth about Bennington later, but with a trade with Miko Lentinen to Columbus and then Vanny Van Highland, I think that's a good like bottom tier depth trade, just trying to shuffle things around, trying to get more out of their less less notable players. They're just trying to make more of what they have. And then also in some other news, like hockey will now be broadcasted on ESPN starting next season. And I'm very excited for it. We'll miss NBCSN especially with their great intro, which we may have used for our playoff episodes. But they, like ESPN, will have to really step it up on their hockey knowledge if they're going to be entertaining to watch. 
Uh, I mean, ESPN, I'm actually pretty excited because the more hockey that's put on ESPN, the more growth the game is going to get, right? Especially we saw Stephen A. Smith. He was talking about like five most notable things in hockey. And I'd love to see Stephen A. Smith go on an absolute rant sometime in the future about, I don't know, maybe like Austin Matthews, who's better between him and like McDade, no, like him and Dreisaitl. Like I'd, I'd absolutely love to see that. So I'm pretty excited. Although you're right, I will miss the NBCSN intro music. Cause that, I, it's a special place in my heart. Pretty good. Yeah. Sure. All right, now we're going to move on to the leader section. We're going to start with the goals. In first place, we got Austin Matthews with 21. Second place, we got McDavid with 17. Third place, we got Dreisaitl with 16. Fifth place, we got the Brinkett with 15. Sorry, fourth place, we got the Brinkett with 15. And fifth place, we got the Foley with 15. Yeah, there are a lot of guys on this list. They've been here for a while. Toffoli has been bouncing in and out. Austin Matthews is still leading the pack with 21. And no sign of slowing down. But Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, they've been pulling up this past week. But we'll get to them later in our lineup of the week. They've been playing absolutely amazing. Then also in assists, Connor McDavid is in first place with 35. Patrick Kane is in second with 30. Leon Dreisaitl with 29. Mitch Marner with 27. And then a tie once again with Mark Schleifley and Anze Kopitar with 24. Just a little tidbit, this is the same exact order it was last week, including Schleifley and Kopitar tied for fifth place. Yeah, um, all great players up here. No big surprises. Love them to see. I mean, Kane, he's been out, but uh, – I'm sorry, he hasn't been out. Kane has been extraordinary, has been playing very, very well. He's been showing out. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. He's not hurting. He's been that showing out and playing extraordinarily well for a Blackhawks team that is actually in a playoff position. All right, next we got points, which is goals and assists combined. We got Connor McDavid in first with 52. Second place, we got Leon Draisaitl with 45. Next, we got Kaner with 41. Recently played his 1,000th game. Next, we got Mitch Marner with 38. And after that, we got Mark Shifley with 36. So, yeah, I mean, McDavid, a huge lead over pretty much anyone else. Uh, his teammate, Draisaitl, and then Draisaitl up four against Kane. So, yeah, I mean, these this Euler duo is just popping off. And same with Kane, Marner, and Trifle. Yeah, there are really no surprises there. But let's move on to our save percentage. But we're going to do it once again on unblocked shots. Minimum of 10 games, a little bit more advanced stat. And then, so we got Marc-Andre Fleury once again leading the pack in first place with 0.965%. And then Vasif of the Tampa Bay Lightning with a 0.963 right behind him. And then tied with him is Semyon Varlamov, who's been leading the Islanders to victory, has a 0.9632. Then also Mike Smith of the Edmonton Oilers has a 0.961. And then also Capo Kakunen of the Minnesota Wild has is tied with him with a 0.961. But I'll get more into him and my rising team of the week. Yeah, uh, I mean, five terrific goalies here. Mike Smith and Kapo Kakinen, maybe in the beginning of the season, you wouldn't expect them to be up here, but they're just playing extraordinarily well for their team. So, yeah, good for them. Kapo Kakinen, a big reason why the Wild are winning. We're going to move on to the standings. We're going to start with the Central Division. In first place, we got Tampa with 40 points. Second place, we got Florida with 40 points. Third place, we got Carolina with 39 points. Fourth place, we got Chicago with 33 points. After that, in fifth, we got Columbus with 28. Sixth, we got Nashville with 23. Seventh, we got Dallas with 22. And in eighth, we got Detroit with 20. 
Yeah, well, I don't really know what happened to the Dallas Stars with COVID because I think they just became a worse and worse team. Like, they're just sitting at the bottom of, of this division after last year making the Stanley Cup final. So it's a big loss on that part. And then also, like, Tampa and Florida spearheading the pack together, even though Florida has played one more game than Tampa. So Tampa has a slight advantage there. But let's move uh-huh. on to wait, – wait, yeah, go ahead. I have one thought about this. I have one thought. Um. I mean, Chicago being in fourth, if you told me this after the first week of the of the season, I'd be like, you're crazy. Because I actually predicted them to lose more than 42 regulation games, which is, um, I, I don't think that's possible anymore. So, no, it is not. Yeah, um, good for Chicago. And then also, you know, we got Detroit in last, no surprise. But Dallas, but off your point, I mean, I think not only have, have they not had Sagan and Bishop all year, Right, they just so, really weren't able to get going with COVID and whatever. They just not that much time to gel. I mean, eight, nine, and six. That that's not great. Like that sucks. Yeah, yeah. But let's move on to the Eastern Division. Things have been shaken up a little bit there. The New York Islanders are in first with forty points. Then behind them, with one less game played, is the Washington Capitals with 38 points, and then the Pittsburgh Penguins with 35 points. Then Boston took a bit of a hit. They're in fourth place with 32 points, but with two less games played than Washington and Pittsburgh. And then the Philadelphia Flyers with 29 points. The New York Rangers have 25 points. And then seventh and eighth is New Jersey and Buffalo, respectively, with New Jersey at 19 and Buffalo at 16 points. Yeah. Uh, first place, we got the Islanders. They are playing extraordinarily well. I mean, they really jumped up. They were like fourth, fifth, and like near or a couple weeks ago. And I mean, I don't think they've lost like a game. I, if they did, it was very few. I, they're in first place. They're playing extraordinarily well. Washington, Pittsburgh, you know, they're up there too. But Boston kind of falling off a little bit. We'll get more into that later. But I mean, a ton of injuries really been affecting this team. Philly in fifth place. So really out of that big five, one team is going to miss the playoffs and one team is going to be very upset at the end of the season. And then as we talked about before, Buffalo and last because they're terrible. Yeah, that's just Buffalo being Buffalo. Yeah. All right. We're going to move on to the Scotia North Division. First place, we got Toronto with 40 points. Second place, we got Winnipeg with 36. Third place, we got Edmonton with 36. Fourth place, we got Le Montreal Canadiens with 31. Fifth place, we got Calgary with 29. Sixth, we got Vancouver with 28. And seventh, we got Ottawa, the dumpster fire, with 19. Yeah, Ottawa has 20 losses. Not like, good. More losses than points. It's it's not looking too good. More more regulation losses than points. Not looking too good for them. But Toronto really story this division playing extremely well in first place. I don't think anyone's going to catch them, even though it's possible. I just, they're just playing really, really well. Edmonton, you know, they're in third place, but I think they're, they're a sneaky team, you know, like they can lose, sorry, they can like kind of lose to Toronto or sorry, lose to Ottawa, but like beat Toronto. They're kind of this weird team where they can lose to anyone, but also beat anyone. Uh, they did beat Ottawa like 6-1, I think, a couple days ago. But, I mean, they're just – it's it's like weird for them, you know? Yeah. And also, Winnipeg at number two is not not a team I'd expect to be there. They have two less games played than Toronto, three less games played than Edmonton, and they are four points behind Toronto and tied in points with Edmonton. So they've been playing extraordinarily well, especially like with that trade they made with the Columbus Blue Jackets. 
clearly it's been paying well it's not actually been playing off that well but they didn't really need line a so much apparently and marks lively has been having a, one of the best seasons of his career so far yeah but let's move on to the honda west division in first place is the vegas golden knights with 37 points then over in second place is the Minnesota Wild with 33 points. I'm going to get into them later, too. And then the St. Louis Blues is tied with them, but with three more games played with 33 points. Also, we'll get into them later. Then in fourth place is the Colorado Avalanche with 32, the Los Angeles Kings with 28, the Arizona Coyotes tied with them in 28, but with one more game played, and then the San Jose Sharks with 25, then the Anaheim Ducks in last with 22 points leo what do you think so far oh uh, yeah i mean huge story this division we got minnesota jumping up a ton of spots here well i mean not from last week but i mean they're just playing really really well i mean everyone thought one two three was going to be between vegas st louis and colorado but minnesota in second place in this division playing extremely extremely well and colorado in fourth place not what we thought we would see in the beginning of the season but who knows? I mean, there's still a lot of season left. Krill Kaprizov is just playing so, so well for the Wild. And, yeah, I think these four teams are locked for the playoffs. I cannot see the Kings, Coyotes, Sharks, or Ducks overtaking any of the teams that are already in playoff positions right now. So, yeah, I just don't think they're good enough. And I just think they're not too far back in the standings, but I don't think they can catch up that much. Yeah, I wouldn't really call that much of a lock, those four, because, you know, anything can happen. There's still so much season left. But at this point, if Colorado starts playing how people thought they would, especially with McKinnon coming back soon, hopefully, and then Minnesota's been once, like, trying to take down Vegas in first. But, like, I wouldn't really call much of a lock, considering how good the Kings can be, not how good they are. But I don't see Arizona, San Jose, or Anaheim standing a chance. I, I agree. I agree. All right. So now we're going to move on to our hot and cold section of the week. Uh, yeah. So we're going to start with the cold section. We got the Bruins. Uh, they are my pick. I hate to say it, but uh, I've been watching them. You know, I've watched almost all of their games, and they're kind of hard to watch. Not, not also really hard to watch. It's kind of boring. They're really low scoring. Why? Well, they're one, two, and one. They scored one goal in a total of three of those games. So they got shut out twice. Um, they got whooped 4-0 against the Rangers and lost 1-0 to the Scott Wedgwood-led Devils. Um, it wasn't even like they had Blackwood. They had wet. They put. They started Wedgwood, and the Bruins kind of made him look like the next Patrick Wallet. He was just really, really good. And we, we saw shades of Mar Martin Brodeur in there. You know, I, I thought we lost. Uh, the Bruins lost 1-0. I thought we were playing against Broder because of how well Scott Wedgwood was playing. And yeah, we just, we're just not playing well. Or the Bruins are not playing well. They lost in a shootout to the Islanders. That's, I mean, it's a tough game. And I think their biggest issue is they have no secondary scoring. All of their goals, or most of them, except for their one win, which is 4 0 against um, the Rangers. You know, they kind of flipped. They won 4 0 and lost 4 0. But I mean, they have literally zero secondary scoring. It's so hard to watch. And this first line, as good as they are, cannot put up 15 goals every single game and carry them to a win. Yeah, it's been tough to watch. 
Well, with my cold pick, I've admit, I didn't really pick the Bruins off a tiny bit of fan bias. But I'm going to go with the St. Louis Blues. They were great until this week as they just had like a big sort of free fall. Like to start this week off, they lost to the Sharks in a sad back and forth overtime loss. But they still knocked the point there. And then they almost win but lose in overtime to Vegas as they came back from down 2 nothing to being up 4-3 to three to just fall short and let in a goal to allow overtime and lose. Even though Tarasenko got his first goal of the season. And then again against the Golden Knights, they let in three goals in the end of the period and dropped the game, losing 5-1. to one. They keep coming close, but keep falling short of a good win. They did extend Biddington, though, which we will get into later with our question of the week. But, like, this, like they're still top of their division, but this is cold over the past week, not cold over the past season. This week, they've been pretty bad. They just can't yeah. seem to win a game. Um. Yeah, no, like, I guess see why you put them there. Um, yeah, I agree with you. They're just unable to win close games, and yeah, that's why they keep losing. So, I think we're going to move on to, to our hot teams now. Uh, A, want to get started with our hot team? Yeah, sure. So, I'm going to take the Minnesota Wild for my hot team of the week. Because first off, first to start off the week, they beat Vegas Golden Knights, and, uh, and Vegas has been top of their division – 2-0 with Capo Kakarun getting a shutout. And then in the rematch a couple days later, Vegas just falls short of the Wild as well as score three goals in the third period. And Vegas re- retaliates with two in the third period to a final score of 4-3 in favor of the Minnesota Wild. All the while, Joel Erickson Eck made a great steal and score in the, in, in the first and notched another goal later. And then to cap off their stellar week, Krill Kaprizov gets a hat trick and Minnesota wins four nothing against the Coyotes and all of the goals coming in the third period. So that's been exciting. Minnesota has been on fire and they clearly can show that they can win in a tougher division. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Um, that was my pick too. The wild, they're just playing phenomenally right now and very, very dominant play by them. So yeah, that's why I put them as my hot team too. Krill Kaprizov also playing out of his mind, clearly the runner or the the favorite to win the uh, Calder. So, yeah, good for him. We're going to move on to our lineup of the week. Uh, so this is just our specific players of the week, not like the team. And we got Leon Dry or I got Leon Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Palat. So we'll start off with Dreisaitl. We got six goals, three assists in only four games. Next, we got McDavid. Two goals, seven assists in four games, and Palat with two goals, six assists in four games. All three of these forwards just playing extraordinarily well. You know, Dreisaitl and McDavid feeding off of each other, and Palat playing really well too. And then for my two defensemen, I got Dylan Coglihan and Mackenzie Wegar. Coglihan, I think he had four points in like three games or something, but that's not important. He, in his second ever NHL game, not only did he score his first goal, his second goal, but also his third goal, too. He scored a hat-trick in his second game in the NHL, which is just phenomenal. And Mackenzie Wegar had one goal, five assists, and four games played. And then in goal, I got Devin Dubnik, uh, two goals allowed on 50 or on 60 shots with two games played and one shutout. So, yeah, I mean, just some stellar goaltending from Dubnik uh, playing for the Sharks. 
Yeah, my list is basically pretty much the same, but I threw in Tyson Berry in there instead of Dylan Coghlan because, like, yes, he scored a hat trick in a second NHL game, but Tyson Berry had one goal, five assists, and four games played, and I think that he's just more he, – he was just a tad bit more valuable to his team this week. But, Leo, let's move on to a question week. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So we know that Jordan Bennington signed a contract extension with St. Louis for six years, six – mil per year with 36 million dollars do you think it's worth it for st louis i think in the short term maybe like one two three years i think it'll be fine but after that bennington's gonna fall off because not only has bennington been playing increasing or like yeah like increasingly worse since his 2019 prime he's just regressing like it's not he hasn't fallen off a cliff, but he's been steadily regressing. And I think in four, five, six years, he's gonna be horrible. Because not only is Bennington just like I mean he's 27, so he'll he'll be what, like early 30s. That's fine for goalies. But like he'll be 33 years old. Yeah, he'll be 33 when this is over. But I mean Bennington, look, six mil a year, it's like a decent salary. It's like pretty solid salary for a goalie, but if you paid him that 2019, sure, but he's just not playing like 2019 Bennington. And I just think this is it's, it'll be fine in the short term, but I think it'll really bite them in the long term, especially just like w- w- with Krug, they signed him like six years, 6.5. I think that'll be good again in the short term, but in the long term, I don't know how good he'll be because the speed's going to slow down. Even though his offensive skill probably still be there, his speed will slow down. But enough of Krug. I just think the Blues keep handing out good contracts for the short term, but the issue is they're giving out longer contracts, and I just think it's bad. Yeah, well, before I give you my answer or, like, my thoughts on this, I'm just going to say Bington has been having one of his lowest seasons of his career with a goals allowed average of 2.81 and a save percentage of 9.06. When, like, it's decently lower than his career of goals average allowed, which is 2.4, and a save percentage of 0.915. And But, like, yes, he's only 27 years old, but I think that this is worth it because – it's, this is like the big contract, the big motivation he needs to get back on track with like a good defensive team like St. Louis. Like he can show that he that he can go back to his 2019 form because he said some stellar games. And that was very recent. That was only like two seasons ago. So I think it's not really enough time to just say he digressed so much. But I have to say, I do agree with you on how six years is a bit too long. If it, if it was up to me, I would have tried to get him to sign for four mil. I mean, no, four years. maybe if it was a little bit more money because he definitely will be dominant for the next three or four but after that you do make a good point on how he's getting a little older yeah and goalies I mean it's hard to tell like when you sign them to long contracts literally one year they can play like a Vesno trophy winner and the next year they can play like they're horrible and then the year after they can bounce back so I mean I think it'll be hard to tell but I just I don't think it'll be good yeah well like, I guess we'll, we'll only be able to see when he plays later this season to see if he really picks up his game with his contract or not. Yeah, also, wait, 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 one more point. Because when players, players, a lot of their motivation is to get paid for that next contract because we see what happens a lot is players get paid a lot of money and then a lot of that motivation for that next contract just goes away. So oh. especially if he's getting this in the middle of the season, I think he'll play a lot worse. Well, I guess... Only time will tell. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Abe Lovich. This is Leo Blonder. We are Twigs on the Rocks, and have a great night.